0: Welcome to the Vincentian Heritage Podcast, a selection of readings on Vincentian history, spirituality, and praxis to help sustain the members of the Vincentian family in our shared efforts to live out the mission, vision, and values of St. Vincent de Paul. This week's podcast is entitled, It is More Than Just the Dreamers. It is read by the author, Reverend Craig Moosen, J.D. This podcast presents a slightly longer version of of an op-ed that was published in the fall 2017 newsletter update from the Association of Catholic Colleges and Universities. It is more than just the dreamers. For the Academy, it is more than just the dreamers. Much-needed attention has already focused on the dreamers, individuals who were brought to this nation at a young age who were unable to become lawful permanent residents or citizens. The Obama administration established the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program that enabled eligible youth the opportunity to remain in the United States under color of law until Congress considered opportunities for citizenship. The Department of Justice announced it will rescind DACA, eliminating the status that allowed such young adults to pursue education and employment. Our institutions welcome dreamers, and have graduated many since its inception. Many, such as the president of DePaul University, have issued statements opposing rescission and offering support to the Dreamers as members of our communities. In the summer 2017 issue of Update, the newsletter of the Association of Catholic Colleges and Universities, Gary Miller and Mariella Palcios discussed the importance of building a productive workplace community based on collaboration and dedication to a mission that reflects the values of the institution built through a recognition of the dignity of each individual. They noted that Catholic social thought, while sustaining their point, merged the workplace and the greater community. Miller cited Centesimus Annus highlighting that each of us works for the needs of our families, community, nation, and, quote, ultimately all humanity, unquote. If we seek to build ethical and productive workplaces, we cannot ignore the greater community. As we gather for another academic year, we must address the tragedies of the greater community that will be brought to our campuses. Recent events, such as the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia, raise tension with how we debate and contest critical issues of racism, the legacy of slavery, xenophobia, and the stain of renewed Nazi ideas permeating our public debate. That debate will and must occur on our campuses. But more anxiety reigns as our returning students, faculty, and administrators bring additional stresses. As the dreamers return, Fearing loss of work authorization and facing deportation, our academic community confronts even greater challenges given new immigration enforcement policies. Bishop Joe S. Vasquez, chair of the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops' Committee on Migration, warned last February that two new Department of Homeland Security, or DHS, policies threatened our communities. Although almost 10 million persons reside here without authorized immigration status, most experts agree that DHS has the infrastructure to deport about 400,000 persons each year. Thus, as a matter of effective law enforcement, the Obama administration established enforcement priorities that focused on persons previously deported or those with criminal convictions. DHS recently eliminated those previous priorities, placing anyone out of status at risk of deportation. Bishop Vasquez also challenged the policy that expanded the relationship between federal immigration authorities and local law enforcement. He wrote that these new policies, quote, will harm public safety rather than enhance it, unquote, and will, quote, Needlessly separate families, upend peaceful communities, endanger the lives and safety of the most vulnerable among us, break down that trust that currently exists between many police departments and immigrant communities, and sow great fear in those communities. Those sown seeds of fear have now germinated. One news story of a deported person may cause a moment of sympathy, but one needs to view the cumulative impact of the many ways that the tactics of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, otherwise known as ICE, disrupt our communities by infiltrating our homes, cars, parishes, and community places where we gather. This new enforcement regime has threatened not just unauthorized persons, but many citizens and lawful permanent residents that constitute their families, parishes, and communities. Our students, staff, and faculty live within complex family relationships of citizens, authorized and unauthorized persons, asylum applicants, and others seeking diverse immigration remedies. Most Catholic institutions proclaim their mission of welcoming immigrants and educating first-generation children as they have built their campuses in immigrant neighborhoods. The tension and fear produced by ICE enforcement policies leaves no one untouched. When ICE abandoned its enforcement priorities, it targeted not just 10 million, but all those connected by bonds of family and neighborhood. When ICE enters homes or approaches churches and seizes unauthorized persons and citizens suspected of being unauthorized, it casts a blanket of fear throughout our communities. When some of those family and community members attend our institutions, they bring that fear and heartache with them. In the name of law and order, ISIS tactics spread disorder and dis-ease. Pastors and lay leaders are seized and removed from parishes. Mothers and children are detained in private for-profit prisons, enriching corporations by limiting healthcare and proper nutrition for detainees. Excessively high bonds generate vacancies in our communities and parishes as loved ones remain detained. Private detention facilities, often built far from legal resources, exacerbate the ability of detainees to obtain legal representation. At the height of the Cold War, we heard stories that communist countries often turned children against their parents, which led to prison for parents who refused to conform. We were taught that the United States was different. Today, ICE detains arriving minors to lure their parents to detention and deportation. Technology developed to counter international terrorism has now been turned to domestic surveillance. ICE seized a 10-year-old child with cerebral palsy as an ambulance was taking her to a hospital for gallbladder surgery, thus frightening any parent seeking emergency medical care for their children. Parents often pull their children out of public schools when ICE raids occur near schools or seek those very parents taking their children to school. Community health and education suffer from these ICE tactics, to the detriment of all. As Bishop Vasquez warned, police departments that cooperate with ICE construct new barriers to victims of crime who believe local police will detain them or other family members. State court judges have requested ICE to refrain from detaining people at public courthouses. The bonds of our democracy demand that not just litigants, but witnesses jury members, and interested parties freely gather at our courthouses. But if ICE agents detain persons near courthouses, many will refrain from attending, abdicating important rights, or precluding diverse juries of our peers. In California, ICE has tainted labor law proceedings designed to vindicate workers' rights to wages or other benefits when agents arrive to proceedings to check the immigration status of the workers and their family members. Famous summer events such as racing at Saratoga Springs find some workers, even those with proper authorization, deciding to forego employment if ICE targets backstretch areas. Many states have also legislated anti-immigrant laws that focus on driver's licenses, rental properties, or health care. Some studies have revealed the cascading negative impact of these laws. Initially intended against the unauthorized have increased discrimination of lawful permanent residents and citizens. These state laws, combined with enhanced ICE enforcement, spills beyond the intended targets, exacerbating health problems that spread far beyond the unauthorized, weakening our communities. Some will argue that the unauthorized have a right to a legal proceeding to determine their status or remedy, alleging that our system of laws will protect them from overzealous law enforcement. Yet the enhanced attention and enforcement has overwhelmed the immigration court system. One critic has suggested that, quote, the deportation system verges on lawlessness, unquote, with its excessive backlogs and the, quote, state of chaos Negatively impacts all involved. Unquote. Immigration judge Dana Lee Marks bemoaned the lack of resources in court proceedings, stating, quote, We do death penalty cases in a traffic court setting. Unquote. Moreover, new border inspection procedures have barred bona fide asylum applicants from even getting to present their cases in court. And now, an additional 800,000 DREAMers face the end of the DACA program. Almost half of the DREAMers attend universities. Many more attend high schools or community colleges or GRE classes preparing for college. DREAMers throughout the land live with thousands of family members within parishes or communities that will be hurt by their detention and deportation. Our nation has known times when anti-immigrant hysteria has led to similar attacks that the foreign-born did not belong in this nation. In the mid-19th century, the Know-Nothing Party fostered anti-immigrant and anti-Roman Catholic fever. Abraham Lincoln, however, observed that by 1858, immigrants constituted almost half of the nation's population though these newcomers knew not the founders who had observed the self-evident truths that all are created equal. Lincoln argued it was not birth here or even the ability to trace one's genealogy back to the founders, but rather the link to the, quote, electric cord in the declaration, unquote, of equality that links us all in community. The DREAMers and their families have demonstrated a belief in the cord of democracy by following our laws, participating in our communities, and seeking education to enhance themselves and improve their communities. Almost all participants across the political spectrum acknowledge that our immigration laws are broken. It strains credibility to defend DACA rescission as upholding our laws when the broken immigration system improperly detains and deports people. Enhanced enforcement and the random disruption of our communities that fractures neighborhoods and weakens parishes further eviscerates a claim that dreamers must be deported to maintain law and order. Our nation still struggles with its goal of equality. Lincoln's moral sentiment of equality provides a civic language comparable to Catholic social thought's human dignity equality's self-evidence is revealed through human dignity. It is not just the dreamers, however. Many of our staff, students, and faculty come from communities that deal with the daily consequences of these new DHS policies that deny equality. Rescission and enhanced enforcement hurt all of us. To continue to build the academic community of equality and dignity, we must support not just the dreamers, but their families and neighbors, for they are our families and neighbors. They constitute our community. We who believe that community enables us to fulfill our mission must respond to these tragic policies that break the bonds of our community and deny Lincoln's moral sentiment of equality. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Incension Heritage Podcast. If you have any questions, please send them to mission.depaul at gmail.com. Be sure to check out all the other Vincentian family resources on our website, mission.depaul.edu.